Welcome to the Unleash Your Creative Soul podcast with your host, Lindsay Janney. Here, we're going to help you overcome the blocks that are really holding you back and get you moving in the direction you want to be going in by using the tools I've gathered over the past two decades. Here, we're going to help you tap into your intuition, your energy, and so much more so you can finally make those big moves in your life and let your brilliance shine. Welcome to the Unleash Your Creative Soul podcast. All I can say is that your mind is about to get blown. Today, we're welcoming Dr. Christine Lee to the podcast. And if you've been struggling with procrastination and not really getting that important stuff done that you really need to in your business, and it's impacting what you put out, how you feel about your work, and seeing that stress really show up in other areas of your life, and you're really in for a treat. So thank you, Dr. Christine Lee, for joining us on the Unleash Your Creative Soul podcast today. I am so thrilled to have you here. And for those who don't know Dr. Dr. Lee. She is one of my colleagues in a program that we're in and is just a lovely human being and somebody who I call a friend. So please welcome her to the podcast. And Dr. Lee, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Well, thank you, Lindsay, for inviting me to be a guest on your beautiful show. Hello, everyone who is listening. Thank you for being here as well. I am a clinical psychologist. I live in New York. I have been online for probably more than 10 years. I've been a psychologist more than 20 years. And I have spent much of my energy and much of my focus figuring out the conundrum of procrastination. It's something that I think we have all experienced at some point or another. Some of us have experienced it more than others. And I would certainly call myself in that category. And I spent decades really struggling, really not knowing which end was up when it came to deadlines, time management, self-care, how not to beat myself up all the time with my thoughts, with my feelings, with my experiences. And I lost a lot of, I think, probably good experiences, good energy in those years because I spent so much of my time knee deep in stress, anxiety, near panic a lot of times. And it was confusing and it was a real energy blocker, I would say. I've always been a very optimistic person since I'm introducing myself. I should be honest about that. But I would say that I do have this kind of fear-based, everything's going to kind of collapse part of me that was really, really active back in the day. And so now I'm happy to report that I am an expert in the topic of recovery from procrastination and all the things that can stem and grow out of that recovery. So that is expansion of your creativity, of your health, of your good habits, of your better habits, and of your mindset. And it's been just such a pleasure for me professionally and personally to have stumbled upon this area of expertise. Oh, you are such a gift because <laughs> for anybody who has procrastinated, I am one of them. I raise my hand Maybe not proud, but I'll raise it high. It's one of those things where when you are in Dr. Lee's energy, it is one of these things where you just feel like 
okay, it's time. It's time to get started. Why am I procrastinating in the first place, right? Uh, just so you all know, this podcast is coming to be right now because of Dr. Lee. <laughs> I was just doing back-to-back podcast episodes and she goes, well, why don't we just do record one for yours now? And I'm like, oh yeah, I can launch my podcast now. So I mean, why not? I mean, you are the procrastination coach. So I figured why not overcome this bit of procrastination too? So when it comes to procrastination, I know that that most entrepreneurs, online creatives, and pretty much a lot of people find themselves procrastinating. So I know that there can be a lot of different definitions and labels for that. So how do you define procrastination in the work that you do? I just like to have everything be simple for for myself included, but for, for the people that I'm trying to help as well. And so for me, the simple definition is choosing not to do voluntarily something that could be done. It's as simple as that. doesn't involve a lot of feeling or a lot of drama. It's just that choice to say, I'm going to put off what I could have done in this moment. And I like what you said a couple of minutes ago about, well, why don't we just record a podcast episode for you? And the, the, the question, why not? Or the phrase, why not? Is such a beautiful one. It really is just it just captures the fact that we could. It doesn't have to be pre-scripted. It doesn't have to be a six-figure launch. It doesn't have to be any of those things, but we can make it happen. And I think that's just so much of the journey. That's so much of the task. That's so much of where we learn from. And it's so much of what we fear oftentimes. So part of the definition is there's that hidden layer of fear that makes us choose not to put into the current moment what we could. Oh, that energy of fear is something that can hold anybody back, right? It's one of those things where you won't necessarily move forward because you're just scared and it's you know, a basic human need to not be scared. Yes. So why don't you talk a little bit about how procrastination really manifests, like what that looks like to people? Because I think sometimes people just say, oh, I'm just putting that off. But like, What's some some of like the root causes of procrastination? Like, why do people do it? I would say I have two reactions to that prompt. One is that fear is always my response for what is the root cause? What makes people do it? And I think that makes sense, right? That if we're afraid of something, our entire operating system is going to be drifting in the other direction because our beings are so brilliant. We don't want to head towards fear. It wouldn't make sense because then we'd have to use our energy in a certain way. We might endanger ourselves. We might make mistakes and then fall into a low mood. All these really commonsensical reasons why we would want to stay clear of the thing we call fearful. Mm -hmm. Now, my second response to your prompt is the word that I just used a couple of minutes ago, which is that procrastination is a conundrum. And I don't think I've ever really used those two words together, but it really is because why do we do something to ourselves that on another level doesn't make sense? It doesn't make sense that we become afraid of something we haven't even done yet, or we're afraid of opening our mouths in a public situation and speaking our mind, or we're afraid of getting on stage when we know that maybe when we get on stage, we might be able to get some new customers or help a few hundred people. This is all a conundrum. So we're also battling with different parts of our logical brains 
thinking, well, it makes sense to me to do it here, but my survival sense or the part of me that doesn't feel ready yet feels like we should be firmly in the other direction, running in the other direction actually, and hiding out. So when we're procrastinating, we're really in this very uncomfortable, undefined, un recognized state. I do believe that people are afraid to talk about their procrastination. It's unfamiliar. It feels hyper-personal. It feels somewhat shameful depending on the circumstance. And it doesn't make sense. It doesn't even make sense to us. How can we talk about it with other people coherently? And that's why I love being one of the people in the world who talks about it every single day because I'm obsessed with the conundrum. I'm obsessed with the topic and I'm really obsessed with helping people to figure out a clear path away from the fear and away from the procrastination because so often I've seen the procrastination just blooms like a beautiful flower, but it's not a beautiful flower. It blooms and takes up and it takes away people's precious resources, their time, their self-esteem, their opportunities. Really, it's very, very costly. And I don't think we talk enough about these issues. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting from my audience's perspective, you know, like whenever you're starting something new and you touched on this just a second ago about there being this fear of uncertainty, you know, when you obviously you step into something new, there is going to be some level of fear, right? And there is this fear of like the unknown, but anytime we grow, we are stepping into something that's unknown. So how do, how would you recommend like, or do you have any tips or anything on how to overcome fear or how to just like make that next step where it doesn't feel so scary or like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Or because even just saying I'll push it off until tomorrow, that is procrastination too, based in fear, right? Yes. So how do you make that next step? Yeah. And just great do questions. Uh, I have two responses to that prompt Perfect. and they are my favorite. And I would say maybe signature <laughs> technique is that I like to help people make everything fun. If it's not fun, I feel like I'm not game for it myself. So why would I expect you to, to want to do something that I don't even think is fun? So we have to figure out a way for your mind and body and your energy to say, Oh, I'm gonna, I want to run towards it. So typically that means fun. I remember somebody signed my high school yearbook, you're a lot of fun. And I never thought of myself as being a fun person until that person gave me that feedback. And ever since I've thought, I really like fun and I, I am a fun person. I can be a fun person. And I think we all like fun, right? Fun is lack of danger. Fun is I'm going to get like a higher vibe from this yeah. experience. Fun is I'm not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about the costs of work or the pressure of work or the competition at work. Whatever you're thinking is fearful about work. You're thinking about just energy and growing. And so that is definitely my one thought there. And so the other technique is valuing time at an extremely high level where it's almost like your number one priority. I, of course, we have our health, we have our loved ones. I think those are the big three for me, at least that time is so precious to me now where I used to treat it like it was kind of like trash where oh, there's just more where it came from and I don't have to prioritize it because everything else is so much more stressful and so much more important. I have tons of time. And of course I was younger mm -hmm. in those days. And so I did feel like I had a lot of time. That's the, the blessing of youth, but it's also kind of the ignorance of youth that we don't really know what we're letting go yeah. of when we waste our time, when true waste. <laughs> and I do 
like to note that there are ways that we can use our time where there's no productivity involved and it's not wasteful. Of course, it's rest, it's enjoyment, it's serendipity, it's uh, the circumstances that happen in the moment that we have to pay attention to. So there's so much beauty when we start to just see time as the container, time as the the resource, mm-hmm. right? If it were quantified, wow, we, we would. It is quantified, but we're not respecting each second a piece of preciousness. And mm. I like to think That's of it good. in that kind of way these days. Oh, I love that. I oh, just thanks. love that to respect it with that preciousness, right? I think that so many people, we, we just, we, we make up our own timelines as business owners, right? And sometimes we are, you know, sometimes an artist's work is never done or, you know, like when we're working with these timelines that we set for ourselves, and I know that I am very guilty of this, I'll say, oh, I'm going to get this done. And then I'm like, oh, well, I set the timeline anyways, I can continue to push it out. <laughs> and then I get into perfectionism and all this other kind of stuff, right? Like trying to make things things perfect instead of getting it out. And, you know, because, you know, there's that fear sometimes of not being seen as pulled together and stuff like that, too. That's how I procrastinate. So how would you recommend even people kind of overcoming these self-imposed timelines or at least working with them and finding that that sacred beauty and being able to create our own time, but also honoring and respecting it, like you said before? Yeah. I think there's a a nice answer. And that Mm -hmm. is that we want to have the beauty of endings as well. If you're constantly in creation mode, you may not actually be finishing any of the creations and creativity is wonderful, but so is production. So is realization of your creativity. So is moving on to other creations. And I think there's a beauty to the process of saying beginning, middle, end of experiencing Mm -hmm. all three phases instead of just the first two phases, because we can get lost and time can get lost in that middle space. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I said things should be fun or we could try to make things be fun, but sometimes we need a little bit of pressure. Uh, Sometimes that really helps. Sometimes we need a friend to say like, why don't we record? That's a little (laughs) bit of pressure, but it's friendly, fun pressure too. Yes. You know, so to to also just get stronger in yourself, it really is like a self resilience package, entrepreneurship, especially. And every time you go over a little hurdle, you get a little stronger too. So it's really not forgetting that not forgetting right. what we're doing. The creativity is a beautiful part of entrepreneurship, but it's not the whole thing. Um, we need to get to the point of service and products and delivery and figuring all of that out and exposing ourselves in the right way to our audience and to the people that we need to deliver our products and services to, the people we actually want to connect with. That's the creativity as well. That's the energy that you're gonna get back, yeah. right? When you're creating and you're just in your own bubble, you're expending a lot of energy without much return. You might be enjoying being in there, but I I think that we need to put an end cycle to that cycle so that you really feel the fruits of your labor. Okay. So as somebody who always sees work as continuing, how do you put the ending to that cycle knowing that you can continue to build upon it? So I have a neurodivergent, beautiful mind. And for me, it's always like I having an ending doesn't always exist, right? Like it just keeps on growing. So how would you recommend for somebody who tends to think in having more, you know, outlets, <laughs> sparkly, shiny things that grab their attention? How would you recommend putting an ending on something like that? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually right in there with you. In- in that 
bucket there. It's a very large bucket. And I would say, you know, when we get like that, there's a consequence on the other end. So maybe it's sleep. Oftentimes for me, it's like, I'm going to lose a couple of hours sleep when I'm not exactly knowing exactly how to wrap this up or exactly when the deadline is for this particular thing, because it's open, right? And it's fine for things to be open, of course, but then it's kind of balancing our own needs and it's an individual process, right? Some people really don't need that much sleep. I need a ton of sleep. (laughs) So I know that when I start to get a little bit more loosey goosey with my work hours, there's this natural pushback because I start feeling the fatigue caused by the sleep loss. So you, you want to find for yourself what's on the other side of this, Right. Oh, that's so what good. is something that I might want to also prioritize that can help me balance these decisions so that I can be a little bit clearer? Oh, seven o'clock at night really is a good end time for me right. on this one. Oh, I like that. Like even giving yourself an ending for the day or like what it can look like before you launch. It's almost like giving yourself and please correct me if I'm wrong, that tipping point of like what is too much and what is just enough. Right. Yeah. So when we're thinking about the things that would run at least through my head, oh, I have more time. What's a great way that you would say for somebody to reframe that? Like how like I know that you work with mindset quite a lot. So what's a good reframe for when you catch yourself saying, like, I'll just do that tomorrow? Uh, Your questions are so great. I can tell because my mind is going in all the different directions, (laughs) trying to figure out a response. So I would say that you just want to practice the other skills. Let's look at thinking, oh, I've got tons of time and tons of creativity. That's a skill you've got down Mm -hmm. that you know how to see time as opening up for you and you know how to dig into it and you know how to use it and you know how to create. And there are other skills for you to learn one that I'm having to learn as well, because I'm in that same bucket as you. And that is saying, I'm going to stop even though I've performed less than even I thought I was going to. Just allowing yourself to stop is a skill unto itself. It doesn't have to have a purpose, but it is a skill, right? And some people have a harder time than others in capturing all these different skills. And I just like to experiment a lot. That's, that's me true, truly, truly, truly. I'm an experimenter. So Uh I like to say like, well, what if I just got off this desk of mine and decided Uh like, I'm going to cook instead, or I'm going to watch an episode of shrinking because I like that right now. (laughs) Um, And what if I experiment? Like I, I know that there's always tomorrow. So that's another thing, right? Yeah. Putting an end today because there is tomorrow and I'm no longer actively hysterically procrastinating. So I know it's safe. Tomorrow is safe because I'm protecting today a little bit better. Sure. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that you're like, you know, ask yourself these questions and that state of curiosity leads to fun, right? I mean, it's just like, what, like, what can I do? What else can I do? Or what could make this better? Or what could, what can I do right now? You know, it was really interesting. I was in your, uh, your latest challenge because it was, it was beautiful. She was doing decluttering and, you know, sometimes we procrastinate on decluttering. For me, sometimes that the start of doing something feels so overwhelming and I loved your approach in just getting started. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. 
sure. And thank you for participating in that challenge so cool. and for getting so much out of it. it. It's so much fun to run that challenge because people's energy get released. <laughs> it oh, it just beautiful. is an explosion of a community's worth of energy. If you can imagine that it's yeah. called clarity over clutter. Mm-hmm. And I really like that name. I'm not, I don't see myself as a great namer of things, but that one really hit. It's good. Thank you. And the way I teach people is that it's that fear of getting into the clutter that is so problematic, right? The clutter itself is kind of innocent, but it drums up all the feelings, right? Clutter is this interesting symptom that we have of indecision, of not using our time so well sometimes, of leaving things undone. And it's a physical representation of that in our precious home space. And it's just, wow, right? It's a whole lot of everything. And it's a signal of procrastination as well. And so like Lindsay mentioned, I, the first thing I teach is touch your items, right? It's looking at it that really isn't connecting us to the clutter because we look at it all the time. It's not really having that powerful an effect on us. But if you actually touch one to three items that you're interested in getting out of your space or organizing or having it move to a more sensical space, that's going to be the extra energy that you thought you didn't have because you're going to, you know, your mind's going to be set onto thinking, what is the next best option for this piece of paper? For me, paper is a big bugaboo and, you know, (laughs) getting, getting your hands on the stuff is a way to move your energy. Absolutely. There's something so helpful in there. I mean, it was just touching those first three things was the impetus for me to clean an entire area of my daughter's room where it was the most overwhelming part to me. So it was just the simple act of not judging taking a look, seeing what it is, and just being like, I can move three things. And then it spiraled into a 20-minute cleaning session. And it didn't take that long. I think I'd been thinking about it longer, way longer (laughs) (laughs) for weeks um, versus just cleaning it. And it was almost to the point of refusing to clean it because I was, because it felt so overwhelming. And so just so you know, I've been applying this to other areas of my life too. And it's so wonderful how you can apply simple principles you wouldn't think would be like sometimes it's the simplicity of something yes that can really make the biggest change and i feel like we're always drawn away from what's simple to what's hard yes and i think so, we're trained into complicated yeah I think we're trained to think well if i'm stressing it must be valuable yeah. and i really just hate thinking like that when i do right? and you're making me think of two other guideline principles. Yeah. One is easy is not a terrible thing, right? And that's right. oftentimes we want to seek easier. Second is just a habit that I've developed, which is how do I make this task take less time than I think it might or Ooh. than it typically takes? And if I, if I save a minute or two, I'm happy as a clam because <laughs> I know I'm going to apply those two minutes somewhere else down the road. So I start to think about it really as like almost like counting pebbles uh, situation. And I like just to have a good store of pebbles, you know, That's for me so to good. use that I've got wiggle room. I've got space in between appointments. I've got time at the end of the day to just float around if I need to. It's okay. 
Oh, this is all so good. You are, again, like I said in the very beginning, your mind's going to be blown. <laughs> oh, thank you. This is so thank good. You. So when I have one last question for you, um, when we are finding ourselves in in a mode of procrastination, like scrolling on social media, when you notice that you're in the cycle and it feels too good to stop, how do you get yourself to stop? You know <laughs> what I mean? You have to answer that one for me because I'm thinking that too. <laughs> I would say really the source that I go to is kindness to myself. Mm. What option do I have here to treat myself kindly and to keep that process alive, right? There comes a point when TikTok just isn't giving the joy back to me, you know, like it's, it's that one video or it's when the clock hits a certain set of numbers and it's just far too late in the morning that I really have to bring it back to myself and, and how I want to be treating myself. So that's not necessarily time-based. That can just be moment-based, right? It could be any moment that we decide, you know what? I'm stepping off this particular treadmill. I don't need this now. I can always get back, right? There's no crisis. And again, it's just like making the habit of making our decisions to reflect our best selves and our kindness to ourself mm-hmm. and our respect for our time, right? Yeah. We don't have to be perfect, but we do want to respect time. Yeah, because we can't get time back. I think we can all agree that we can't create time. Oh gosh, I feel like I could speak to you for hours on this. Um, <laughs> I will respect your time. <laughs> We're good. I honor and respect your time. We're good. Thanks for um, being a great student. <laughs> yeah, please. This is. Uh, We'll have to have you back. Anyway, so <laughs> we'll uncover some more. So I know that people probably have so many questions on how to do this. Um, why don't you tell us about how people can find you? Tell us a little bit about your podcast and all of it. The podcast is a love of mine. I loved the episode that Lindsay just did for us. It's called Make Time for Success. So please give a listen and look out for Lindsay's episode coming soon. And elsewhere, I am Procrastination Coach. So you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, all pretty much if you look up Christine Lee spelled L-I or procrastination coach. Uh, My main website is procrastinationcoach.com. And thank you for letting me invite people into my world too. It's my pleasure. And then I think you also had a little gift to give people too. Would you like to talk about that? I do. Thank you. It's a relatively new freebie that I've created with my assistant and it's called the habits worksheet. And I've had feedback from others that it's really helpful to take these prompts that are on the worksheet and just evaluate your own habits. What might need some tweaking? Oftentimes we don't need to just throw the habits out the window. We just need to kind of expand our thinking about what we're really wanting from our habits and how we're using our habits. How consistent are we being? It's those kinds of prompts. And you can get that free download at procrastinationcoach.com slash habits worksheet. And for all of you who might be listening in your car or something like that, I'll have everything in the show notes as well. So feel free to to go look there and get all the links uh, so you can find Dr. Christine Lee. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom (laughs) and for helping us get back on track and say, why not? And make things a little bit more fun. Thank you so much again. Thank you, Lindsay. I want to say like A plus as an interviewer. So thank you and good luck (laughs) for the rest of your podcast journey. I loved being on your show. Thank you. Thank you.